Welcome back to uh, Windly Mania. My name is Andrew, and with me, as always, man's best friend, Devin Hopkins. <laughs> How are you doing, sir? I'm doing just fine. Uh, kind of out here later. It's a little late. I thought yeah. I thought we'd be out here earlier, but it's cool. We're hey, but we got We got to get these in the can. We got to get them in the can. We got to get them in the can. Shove them in the can. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're not alone this e- night morning. We're yeah, not alone. Call it. No matter what time it is, we are not alone. Uh, we have a, our friend here coming back to join us in the return of this. It's uh, old Corey. Corey McCracken. How are you, sir? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm glad you're here. Um, what's McCracken? <laughs> yeah, what's going on with you, pal? Excited to be here. You sound like you're excited to be here. You, your voice is... Packed to the brim with enthusiasm. I think. Uh, I think we all know why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> so we spent the past few hours together. Yeah, we we're all kind of like, it, it's kind of weird going to this because we've all kind of been just hanging around each other for several hours. Yeah. So it's sort of like it's kind of just we've already fake. gotten the we've already gotten the how do you do's out of the way. Yeah, we've kind of all talked to each other, and it's so. kind of it's kind of weird to do the fake uh, the fake Hi. the fake banter. Good to see you. And um, <clears throat> as you can tell, I'm I'm definitely feeling it. I, I think uh, I might need a little bit of cream if you catch my meaning. What kind of cream are you thinking? Perhaps like something a, something like. Butter, uh, buttery? A, butter, a buttery cream a would buttery be. buttery cream? You know, if there were only like a group of individuals that could supply that for you. Right. Wait a minute. Hmm? You mean like a gang? Yes. Some sort of buttercream gang. Okay. Too bad we can't find one. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course, uh, as you can tell from the episode title, that... uh. You may be asking yourself, what the hell is a buttercream gang? Well, or you we're, might here ar- to, we're here to answer that burning question. Sure, sure. Or you might be already familiar with it. I've, I, I think over the, the real pa- ones are the real ones know what yeah. the buttercream gang. Well, is. I feel like in the past few years, I feel like there's been like a, a very small resurgence of this movie on the internet where people are, you know, are kind of remembering. Oh yeah, I remember watching this movie as a kid, and then revisiting it and then kind of just realizing like whoa what did what was this what was this movie what was, <laughs> was this mass who was it who was it for why did they make it yeah so yes the buttercream gang it was a uh, straight to video release in uh, 1992 but before we get into the details let's talk about let's get real personal how about that so i mean um cory i feel like you and i our relationship it's very hot and heavy now, but uh, we really only started talking to each other maybe like a year ago. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 right. And uh, you know, we of course we saw each other at shows and stuff, but um, well, I feel like one of the first things that was really brought up between us was that was this movie. I'm gonna have to take your word for that because I don't remember. Well, you know, I, you I, know. I I've agreed. If it's, if it's something that you remember, then yes. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I, well, it's something I remember is that you know it was sort of like I remember I, this. I remember this getting brought up and me mentioning, "Oh yeah, I've seen that." 
and then well, you said the thing, you had here's it. The th- yeah, here's the thing to me. is, And I you br- were the only two people on this planet that I know that have both because seen that movie. Because I make it a point to bring the Buttercream gang up every single day. Like, I make it a point. <laughs> like, at least one time a day I have to speak of the cream. Mm-hmm. Scott. Yes. Elden. Yeah, that fucking bitch. Other guy. Other guy. <laughs> Other guy we don't know <laughs> his fat, name. The fat guy and, the, of course, old Pete. Um, <laughs> a good old Pete. So I mean, what's what? what why? Why? Why did this movie? How did this movie come into your life? Okay, this movie came into my life. Uh, my sister is a couple years older than I am, and she took it from her fourth grade teacher who in turn ended up being my fourth grade teacher a couple of years later. And, um, but that's just like one of those like small world kind of fucking things. And yeah, no, my sister took it and I remember us watching it, you know, and just being like, the fuck is this? (laughs) (laughs) You know? And then later on, um, like in my earlier 20s and stuff like that it was uh i'd hook up the vcr and we would all like you know get drunk as fuck and watch like the buttercream gang or some fucking obscure vhs that i had right you know but it's it had been a while since i watched it before today like Mm -hmm. it was it was it was a good watch i was glad we 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 went back excuse me my allergies i get it you were were talking about them earlier man (coughs) um but yeah, yeah, uh, the whole uh, Devin, you said that you weren't, you didn't know about this movie until yeah, you showed me this about a year and a half ago when we used to live together, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" You said you didn't watch this in school, right. and I was like, and then I watched like, all right, this is totally a movie they would have like pushed the old cart with the old TV, yeah, and, and that is us. exactly the same verb, like going online and kind of like looking into like. Well, that's how most that's the that's it. the memories from this movie is really that I guess there's more specific memories of people like yeah I had this at home or what grade did you watch it in because we went we both went to like Myrtle Beach for pretty much all of school was this before you went to Myrtle Beach it I was guess? before I went to uh, Myrtle Beach schools um, but I didn't watch it at school I watched it at a uh, like an after school oh, thing okay i had to go to after school stuff because my mom worked late and gotcha. uh and i i remember being the only one paying attention to this movie <laughs> um and i think that's why it stuck with me personally so long is because i i feel like as a kid i was exposed to uh more adult drama than probably the average child like uh you know i i and not really like good like adult drama but Just i mean like, like daytime tv not daytime t- <laughs> like like movies like what's eating gilbert grape oh okay. uh, i mean steel magnolias is one uh fried green tomatoes just shit like that where it's it's very dramatic but also like feel good and yeah. this movie has that sort of it, feeling in it a goes way. for it yeah it, it's it it's tries. very dramatic yeah um it it's very it's supposed to be very feel good and and sort of like 
you it's, know, it's about helping you, a friend. Yeah, it's supposed to show you like a this it's supposed to have like a moral to it, I guess. Yeah, and there was baseball. Yeah. Sure. What's more important mm. than baseball? Absolutely nothing. No. But uh, Christ. <laughs> yeah, that's that I mean absolutely. Not according to the fucking <laughs> not according to the preacher. That, yeah. yeah, the minister uh, yeah, would the argue minister, that. The minister like uh, coached the team, didn't yeah. think so. But it, but with the whole and I, with the whole dramatic thing with it, and it being sort of what it what it is, I guess the the drama thing, it being like a group of kids, and I would you know it was like the, almost like the Goonies. Yeah. Every once in a while, I think like the zeitgeist focus focuses on like a group of kids. I mean, think more recently with like Stranger Things. Right, like well, it's a group always, of kids yeah, I mean, doing that's, shit. That's like the the, the yeah. it movie it, when they remade yeah. that, and, and of course the Goonies. Uh, I uh, and I feel like Stand by Me. Stand yeah, by Me I is mean, another. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, there's there's a bunch of those. It was like that was like a, the bit like the '80s thing, really. And this was '92, so they were kind of just like, hmm, we can get in on this, right? And I just can't. Kinda, I mean, one thing I'll say is the fucking fashion in this fucking movie. Oh is, yeah, it's. It's top notch. Top notch. It may it just like brings me back to like, you know, like just. I don't know. It's good. It was good. I enjoyed it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and also the, the, the Pete character, was um. It, it's a he, he's a very dark, and <laughs> <laughs> and lost person. And, you know, I feel like all of us at times sort of feel lost. Like he, he gives a, a the monologue later where he's talking to Scott about, you know, he it's like sometimes it feels like he's riding his bike, but he doesn't know where he's going. Right. And I think we all feel like that. We all feel like sometimes. that. You know what? We all need a like, You know, you take a left and you take another left and then you're fucking lost. Right. And sometimes we all need a Scott to just, you know, not try to change us, yeah. but just. Be there. Just be there and listen and accept. Yeah. So a lot of the themes with the Buttercreep gang, if you look at where the town of Elk Ridge that this is based in, you there's obviously it's a community and there's a huge sense of community. Everyone kind of knows each other. There's there's a unity you know thing with, with uh, you know, everyone knows the Buttercream gang and they're they're their good doings and right there's um, like a long like town history of a buttercream gang always being around to they didn't say it was like started in like the 19 like 20s or something uh yes uh, apparently in the film the the origins of the buttercream the buttercream gang uh dates back into the origins of the town of elk ridge where where the minister um gathered teenage boys (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to churn the butter of the widows, which apparently there are, the Elkridge is like, there's at least like five to one fucking widows in this town. I mean, of course, the famous widow Jenkins that we'll, we'll soon talk about that in this, who's um, <laughs> always, at, if she, she's always horizontal. Walk much. <laughs> yeah, really. So. <laughs> but uh, you know, th- so you have this nice, clean town. You have these nice, clean boys who nice, clean white boys in this nice, clean white town who are who are doing things. 
um, not necessarily some. I mean, it, they're children. They're not. They're like middle school age. I yeah, something I would like say, that. Yeah. It's, it's kept very ambiguous, but yeah, I, I, you can imagine maybe like middle school. I would say middle seventh school. eighth grade. Um, no, so you have them doing good, and not and and it's sort of implied sometimes that like yeah, doing a good deed. You know it. it it takes a lot of work and sometimes you don't feel like doing it, but they do it because it's the right thing. Right. And that's what this really movie is, is about doing the right thing. And the theme, the main idea from this movie is that no good deed goes unrewarded. I mean, the, the, the minister says that in the sermon, uh, it's a, it's a point that is frequently brought up to Scott and, it's also a thing uh, that is discussed in this book that, um, well, let's go back to 1820, where a 14-year-old John Smith uh, was praying in the woods, and um, he he was asking God, you know, which, which church should he join? And uh, down um, out of thin air, uh, God and Jesus Christ uh, came before him, and... Uh, and told him John Smith that he was going to be their prophet and uh eventually he was visited by another angel who had buried these uh golden plates that uh had scripture on it from the ancient civilizations of the old americas that uh brought a new it was a new testament of Jesus Christ and this would be called the book of mormon mm. And <laughs> the unity and, and and community and doing good deeds and doing the right thing, these are all big ideas that come from the Book of Mormon. And of course, if you if you know about the whole culture of Mormon Mormonism now, it's sort of all migrated to Utah. So I was about to say, do you think this takes place in Utah? I don't think it does, but the if you guys remember at the beginning of the film, and hopefully the listeners at home will watch this film, or which is on YouTube. Yes, you can watch it for free in entirety, or come over to my house and we can watch it on VHS. The first the thing you VHS. see is feature films for families presents, and this is a studio based in Utah, owned by Forrest S. Baker the third, who also. Wrote the buttercream. See, I know. I reckon I was the executive that producer. In the credits. Yeah, um, and as a man of the Mormon faith, um, and that's sort of what this movie is, and what feature films for families. Sort of, they it's a whole library of films. Oh, uh, I would love to oh, do that. Do we have to? Is there the, the F F? For cinematic more? universe here, <laughs> you mean there's a Marvel more? Not only is there more, there's some that Devin and I, more specifically, there's one in particular that we have encountered before. Is it Brother also, Future? And we have encountered when, <laughs> when I was a young child. <clears throat> yes, Brother Future. <laughs> Um, I just remember because like 
it had the same energy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Fuck, so, man. I'm I'm late to the game. I need to. Ca- I need to ca- uh, so if you're like Corey and not familiar with Brother Future, essentially, <laughs> just real quick, we've uh, touched on it on an episode. I yeah. think. So uh, Brother Future is is also a a, a a tale about doing the right thing and knowing your history and where you come from. So it, it stars Phil Lewis, who maybe some of you may know as Mr. Mosby from The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, where, you know, what is it? No, He's no like the running manager. In my lobby or whatever. He's the manager oh, so they, of the they, hotel, they, essentially. And uh, Phil Lewis plays a character who in, he's, he's, he's in Chicago, um, which... Another tie in th- Chicago. Like, that's yeah. what I'm saying. I was about. I didn't want the to fucking ruin your... guy. The fucking guy that makes these movies hates Chicago. I know. I didn't want to ruin your spiel. Phil Lewis um, and uh, the character Pete from the Buttercream Gang, <laughs> both are. They go to Chicago, or you know, Phil Lewis, the character Phil Phil Lewis is playing, is from Chicago, and they're both corrupted by the big city culture and the pressures of the demonic life that is led there. And so he, you know, Phil Lewis's character, you know, steals radios and VCR players, and then one day is not like a pretty cool guy. Well, one day he's he's knocked out, and he is basically in a coma. But in his coma, he is entered in a dream state where he goes back in time to the 1800s and is uh, in Charleston, South Carolina, and has to live uh, a few months as a uh, slave on a plantation, and he sort of learns the uh, lessons of. Um, you know, not taking things for granted, and it's it's a very uh, sh- strange, very film. strange film. Also very, on YouTube, yeah. Also free. on YouTube. I don't know if Windley Mania is going to touch on it any further than this, but it exists. It is, and it uh, is part of the feature films for families. Family, and um, feature films for families. <laughs> It, it, Corey's got a bewildered look on his face. I'm gonna go watch. This. You need to watch. I'm this. gonna go watch this. Uh, yeah, I'm, it's definitely like something. that's like, <coughs> why was this made? I know that sounds like just like what the. Fuck? Now I'm not sure if this. I'm not sure if feature films for families exist anymore. It does exist in a couple capacities. Excuse me. There is a Facebook page that promotes their streaming service which is uh, familyfilmsonline.com. It's $8 a month. And of course you <laughs> what? Could, <clears throat> yes. And of course you could watch great films. That, you know, I mean, the, the classic, The Velveteen Rabbit, the classic that we're going to be diving into more today, The Buttercream Gang, Brother Future. There's also <laughs> <clears throat> Wiener Dog Nationals, <laughs> uh, Station Gym. I liked that name. Mayor Cupcake. And uh, apparently... I was looking through the Facebook of the the feature films for families and sort of looking at the discourse about the the films the studio puts out, and apparently, no more baths is uh, somewhat of a classic when it comes to their library. No some, more baths. Some, I don't know what it's about, but maybe we'll no check more out. no more baths. No more baths. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, I, I was looking into this feature films for families. And I was trying to like dive around like what this whole company was, and of course it was a film studio. Um, it was owned by Forrest S. Baker III. He I forgot what his typical background is, but it is not the motion picture business. Um, I, I there's also a very interesting find. I was kind of confused at first 
there was job reviews for working here on Indeed.com. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. But the thing was, it wasn't about like, you know, like key grips or stage hands or anything. It was all these people were writing about working at their call center. And it was a bunch of telemarketers. What? And it, I mean, there wasn't anything really specific in the reviews. It was just sort of like normal job stuff. Like, yeah, it was a fine job. You know, managers, you know, can be assholes, whatever. But um, I looked a little further and it turns out that the in 2011, the Federal Trade Commission sued family f- feature films for families Family Films of Utah and Corporations of Character, all owned by Forrest S. Baker III, and alleged they had violated the Do Not Call Registry Act. Ooh. Oh, um, yeah. So hey, that, good. They, uh, the Do Not Call Registry, I mean, I, I signed up for it, too. You can all, yeah, yeah you just you, get on there and put and your phone number in. telemarketers will stop calling you. But, hey, they still call you. But, uh, but apparently they had made... 16 million calls to people on this list. Jeez. Here's a, a excerpt from an article. I um, thought he was going to start reading all of the names. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, from Tom Harvey of the Salt Lake Tribune. Uh, <laughs> they offered consumers two free v- free DVD movies and requested feedback on whether they should be on the kids first recommended list. However, according to the the Federal Trade Commission's Corporations for Characters representatives did not disclose that those who accepted the offer will be called back to try to sell them additional movies. And um, it was this whole like campaign like campaign called the Kids First thing. And, and apparently there was like involved with a nonprofit group called the Coalition for Quality and Children's Media. Right. And uh, apparently the all the the film or all the money that was going to go from the DVD sales, like a big portion of that was going to go to this nonprofit group. But it turned out that none of the money did. Um, of course. Classic. And uh, yeah, so that's basically what this, I mean, it doesn't really, it doesn't seem like it exists anymore <laughs> outside of this, this sort of. Did you check to see if uh, Dude Man is still alive? Uh, I couldn't really find much information about him. At all, yeah, I will hire a PI right now. However, I, I did was find to, I was I was thinking it was going to lead to like him like using all the money for some right like I'm, shady I'm, shit. Yeah, like, that's him what I'm saying. Being, like, we need to dive into this more. <laughs> someone's got to get to the bottom of this. Yeah. There was one someone on uh, uh, Reddit.com uh, worked for him, and he was basically he like wrote code or something, and um, he, he interacted with. Forrest S. Baker the third and it just seemed like he was just like any sort of any other like business owner but without like any like super scandals uh, uh there were rumors about him having like mistresses and whatnot um but aside from that nothing there wasn't really anything deep he had a son who was Forrest S. Baker the fourth of course why and, uh, why the fuck would it be anything else asshole. the guy like, why would it not be <laughs> the guy who made the who the, the coding guy is said he worked with him and he was he, he was a nice guy but obnoxious apparently <laughs> you know who my dad is yeah so is everybody else <laughs> my my dad made buttercream gang <laughs> yeah so i mean he wrote this film um it was directed by Bruce Nabar and uh, previously, they both worked on uh, this other movie called In Your Wildest Dreams. I thought he was going to say, like, Terminator. 
And uh, that was also a, a, a four quattro or F quattro uh, cinematic universe. Um, both of these, and uh, Forrest S. Baker the third wrote the screenplay as well for In Your Wildest Dreams, and I kind of it when I think about this movie, and I haven't seen In Your Wildest Dreams, but I sort of get the idea from like the description of it essentially like this kid uh lucks into some money um but that money was supposed supposed to be for this local business that was like essential to the community so he had like this moral question whether to keep the money for himself or give the money back so the community could flourish another big do the right thing do the right thing community <clears throat> but when you look at more into this film, The Buttercream Gang, of course, it's in a very white, uh, clean area, very small town. I, it kind of makes you, I mean, I feel like ideas and, and, of course, stories all come from the, whether you're kind of aware of it or not, the the most deepest depths of your consciousness. And I feel like, and it's probably intended as well that the buttercream gang in the, the town of Elkridge is sort of a reflection of Richard S or sorry, Forrest S Baker, the thirds ideal, like suburban, like this is, this, this is, is his this is Zion. how, this is how it should be. This is his yeah. Zion. Yeah, yeah. The gangs around there are like helping people right. instead of which Zion was the town that John Smith tried to construct with uh, people who followed him. And there ended up being the uh, the Mormon Wars, Mormon massacre. Ex- I get it. They were they were exiled from uh, Missouri. Now, um, I guess we can sort of get into this whole thing. Someone is playing drums. <laughs> uh, I mean, do you guys have any thoughts before we really deep dive into uh, thoughts as far as? Like how? Do, I mean, the Mormon faith, <laughs> the anything. See, with, I don't know much about. The only thing I know about the Mormons is what I've learned from South Park. <laughs> right. No, I, I, I yeah. that is like the complete honest fucking truth. Now, have you ever watched the show Sister Wives? No, never even heard of it. Um, it's about a family. Oh yeah, I forgot they were Mormon. Are in Utah. That's like the biggest thing. They're, yes, they're members. They're they are Latter Day Saints and. Uh, it's mainly a show that like focuses on the the polygamy side of the whole thing, and oddly, I I'm kind of curious if there is a movie, a polygamy movie, yeah, in a this polygamy cin- movie in the cinematic universe. Because I feel like, especially nowadays, there's all the there's a lot of like inclusion. Yeah, there's a strive for inclusion. So I wonder maybe they've probably got a movie if where like Forrest S. Baker the third was like, hey, you know, let's kids have to see yeah. this type of family. Yeah. What so do I do? Okay. What do I do if my mom and my other mom and my other mom are <laughs> in a fight? You know. <laughs> so yeah. So let's get into this. Uh, the All I know is yeah, the Aquabats are Mormons too, and they're cool. So now, this is a gang. This is a gang. Th- yeah, they don't fuck mm. around. They don't fuck around. They they will drop what they are currently doing. They will to go leave do their gang baseball shit. practice early 
mm-hmm. without the coach's permission to go handle business. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's 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 definitely shown. Um, what I could tell from there's not you're sort of just thrown into this whole situation with the buttercream game. Oh yeah, it dives right in like immediately. You're born a buttercreamer. I mean, yeah, when you enter this world, you are immediately a buttercreamer. Yeah. It's sort of They say that more than once. Nice crack. They say buttercreamer more than once. Yeah, that's that's what you are if you are a part of the gang. You are a buttercreamer. <laughs> you are one who buttercreams. Um That's what that means. I feel like Pete is sort of a really good representation of well, I mean, he's a really good reflection of this one gangster named Lucky Luciano, who was based out of Chicago. Actually, I think he did some stuff in New York as well, but he was based <laughs> out of Chicago where he founded there was this uh thing called the Commission, where it was basically all the like the big capos all formed together and it was more democratic. There wasn't a boss of all bosses. Uh, there were, <laughs> there was a, there was a Senate. There was like, there was like two in Chicago and like five in New York or it was like spread out in a, in a certain way. And yeah, it was very democratic and you, the buttercreamers are very democratic. They, yeah. you can see that they, they, they take votes. Um, there they, really they, isn't any, pressure it opens with a vote yeah it opens the with whole a film vote does. it opens with a vote but then at one point in time in the middle of the fucking movie dude man goes to vote and his vote just doesn't even count he's like yo i'm out <laughs> well i feel like he was it did work he just left you know that was pete was voting himself out of the budget yeah they should have just left him alone and let him do his gang shit <clears throat> so this starts in the 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 treehouse of the buttercreamers um more like a tree platform. Yes, a tree platform. <laughs> there's no, it's not. There's no roof. There's no sh- shelter. Yeah. So it's just wood there, and you stand on it. There's no roof or anything. Yeah, they don't there's really. Platform. Yeah. Um, the, Pete, there's Pete, there's Scott, there's Eldon. And there's there's old there's uh, Sarge over yeah, there, yeah. You know? and that guy's gonna listen to this podcast and be like, "Oh my god, you big dog!" There's yeah. big, there's, yeah. you know, hey, there's the big. You don't guy. even know my name. That's old Slugger, you know. Uh, yeah. So Pete is at this point for a few short seconds is the leader of the buttercream gang. He is the top buttercreamer. Yeah. He is the creamiest. He's the cream. He's the cream of the crop. Exactly. He's risen to the top. He is going to leave the town of Elk Ridge and he's going to go to Chicago to live with his aunt and because she's all alone with two boys. And so he nominates Scott as the leader. The leader of the buttercreamers. They all vote on it. Scott is now the leader of the buttercream gang. Um, Scott or Pete does give him advice though is you know buttercreamers you know it's about helping people but it's about having fun too yeah and there is a lot to be fun I feel like yeah so the, the first thing you're really shown the, the first thing the buttercreamers do their first mission you kind of witness is them having fun yeah is them going to a bunch of five year old girls and jump roping yeah, and then like this is where this is kind of where the whole like 
Elden being the butt of every potential size joke you could potentially have, because the game's called Earthquake, and they're like, Elden, get in there! Right. And he's get your ju- ass in he's, there. he's jumping, you know, and then everyone falls down. Earthquake! Because he's, you know, the biggest. Yeah, he's he's very large. I don't think he's as... Here's the thing. The other kid the other guy that is we couldn't fat. name is bigger. Yeah. Right. Here's what I'm saying, and I wanted to bring this up. I love that, like, any other movie you watch, there's always one fat guy. In this movie, there's two fat guys. Yeah, but one is... That's why you and Andrew connect with this so much. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> yeah, we're the two... Which one's Eldon? You're Eldon. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm dude man. Yeah. I'm, yeah, dude, I'm homeboy. He's just sort of faceless. He's not really... Yeah, no, he, he has nothing... Like, like he's just his sort of parents there. just paid for half of the production or something. Yeah, I don't know. Like, he, he just let really, my son in the movie, please. He doesn't really do. I don't like. Yeah. I hate to say it, he doesn't really do a lot. No, he doesn't know? do shit, dude. And that's why we don't know his and name. It, without him, it's already messy enough that for the majority of the movie, the buttercream gang is only three people, really. And I feel like it would be just really messy if they was just Eldon and Scott. <laughs> like that's not really a game. Well, they could have had that. Yeah. They could have had the guys. well the having the other the chick with the glasses. Yeah. The chick with the glasses kind of creates like the oh there's a girl the kind of sort of thing. value to Panga. Like, <laughs> yeah. So um, let's see. Oh, uh, so yeah, Pete is uh, gone to Chicago. Um, he is exchanging letters with Scott. Scott is sending him letters. They're very lovely letters. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I've been thinking right? about it. But they're kind of like, they're like, my dearest Pete, war is hell. War is hell. <laughs> I long for your return. <laughs> Please remember to run the faucets. They will crack in the winter. winter yeah. <laughs> so we see Pete's uh, adventures in, in Chicago. Oh. And, uh, He's sort of he's ignoring Scott's letters. Yeah, and it looks like he's uh, he's made a new he's made a couple of new friends. Yeah, sort of <laughs> starting his own gang. Um, I think he was like falling into a gang. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had he says he but, had no choice, but he took over because like at one point in time, all the other members of the gang are wearing black bandanas in Chicago, and he's wearing the, the only red one. Red one. Yeah. So it's like. He's the red leader. Uh, that's what I'm saying. It's like he fell into it, but like uh, somehow he's like the leader. All these fucking goons are following him around, it's, but he was forced to do this. Yeah. So Pete, I guess, is sort of naturally a leader. Um, he doesn't have any parents. Um, and his, his aunt, aunt is too kind to remind him of that. Yes. His aunt. <laughs> no, she <laughs> If your parents are still alive. If your parents so, are still alive, they'd be so proud so of you. So proud of you. So. It's it's really interesting though because there's a lot of male role models in this. Yeah. yeah. There's the minister who's also the baseball coach. There's Scott's dad who's a war veteran, and there's Mister Graff, who is the owner of the uh, store, who is also a buttercreamer at one point in time. Don't forget homeboy's dad. Uh, which one's dad? Rob Earnhardt. Yeah, well, Scott's that's Scott's dad. dad. Oh, that's Scott, Scott's, Scott's dad. dad looks- oh, I forgot. See, I forgot he said he was in the war. Did we shit. say when he said war veteran? I was like, oh, what yeah, Scott's dad, who is played by Robin Williams and <laughs> Dale Earnhardt's love child. Yes. <laughs> um, 
Also, uh, by the way, Pete looks like Paul Rubens Jr. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Yeah. He's sort of unhinged like a Pee Wee Herman as well. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's obsessed yeah. with that bike. Yeah, he, he is obsessed with the bike, much like Herman. <laughs> I just pictured dude, man, when he's running, throwing the newspapers because he doesn't have a bike anymore. What a fucking <laughs> loser, dude. Like, a loser. <laughs> he's like, yeah, my bike rock got expanded. I don't have a bike anymore. <laughs> so... But all these male role models, but Pete g- kind of grew up with a lack of sort of like a centered, like male role model besides his grandfather. His but grandfather's around, but his grandfather seems to have just been like, his grandfather I don't seems, know what's wrong with the boy. Yeah, right. Uh, you but, saw him in like, what, two seconds of the movie? He, he seems very distant from, from Pete. Um, so it seems like a mixture of, you know, Pete not having a mother and a father, which I, I mean, that's one of the, uh, the you things need in those um, if you're a Mormon. Kid well, in, in the Mormon belief, uh, you know, it's, it's very much, um, you need to have a mother and a father and a father, but and a mother and a father. Well, sure. Yeah. But, um, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't have both ever. He has sort of his grandfather who I guess, you know, his grandfather's like 90, so he doesn't really have like, it's sort of an out of touch sort of communication with him. And then his aunt, who is a, a, a single mother as well. And I think that's what uh, Old Forest was trying to, uh, mm-hmm. and plus that mixing with the corruption of the big city and all of its evil, big cities, you know, they, you know, what the hell has the world come to when you know, they're corrupting the poor boy's mind and making them wear red bandanas and doing stuff in alleyways. The leather jackets, the greasy hair. Yeah. I don't get it. It's not right. Also, yeah, that is what uh that is what Pete's new gang looks like. They mm-hmm. look like, you know, your stereotypical bad guys in any like, you know, given situation. Like you think of a bad guy that's like in a city. That's what his new game looks like. Yeah, there's a Stevie Ray Vaughn looking guy. There's a Stevie guy. Ray Vaughn guy. Um, Pete's the tank top guy, by the way. He's a tank top guy with the with the blue jeans and the slick back hair. I think the fashion choices in this movie were fucking stupendous. Everybody was rocking it. Oh, they should have got a fucking, you know, Emmy for, like, makeup. I mean, like, the bad guys look like bad guys, and then the good guys look like fucking dweebs. Yeah, like the, you know, the Buttercream gang, they're, like, jean shorts that are, like, rolled up, rolled up. Which is, like, what my mom used to do when she's like, oh, yeah, we're going to Kmart and shit, and she'd, like, she'd be wearing the same exact thing, like, jean shorts, like, rolled up and shit, and I'm just, like... And I see these fucking kids wearing it, and I'm like, oh, man, that kind of brings me back. You know, this is nostalgia kind of thing. Striped shirts. Also, I don't think there was, like, a professional sports team that wasn't represented in some way. That stuck out to me. Yeah, there there was a lot of fucking... You uh, couldn't pinpoint, like... They couldn't... You you don't know who was rooting for who. It was, (laughs) like, like, there was a 49ers hat. There was a Cubs hat. There was a Bears hat. There was a Yankees hat. There was, like... Dudes wearing, like, a 49ers hat wearing a Notre Dame sweatshirt. (laughs) It's just, like... What's going on here, man? Yeah. 
well, yeah, it was like a Georgetown, which not not our Georgetown. But yeah, I know, that'd like, be awesome. No. I think you know where's that like close to DC or something. Oh, I have no idea. But I just know they have a good basketball team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's it's found out that uh, Pete had been expelled from school. Um, his his love of gangs and gang shenanigans overcame his. Uh, any his straight the, A's. His straight A's. He had straight A's. He did. He reported in his letters that he had straight A's, but now he was... He'd fallen victim. To gangs. To gangs. In gang violence. Stop responding. And Not wholesome gangs. Which we find what the gang violence is later, you know? Yes. Pretty, pretty gruesome stuff that this gang was doing. Well... <clears throat> It's it's very quick how this happens. Um, he's that's ex- what I did enjoy. I'm sorry to cut you off, but that's the one thing I did <coughs> enjoy about the movie is it's they, a nonstop action. They get to like, the fucking. Point. It's fucking. You're not. It's not a lot of filler. No, uh, every decision was uh, executed with a pinpoint precision, <laughs> planned years in advance. Um, <coughs> But uh, yeah, Pete is uh, sent back home pretty much immediately after uh, like two months, maybe tops. Yeah, he he's gone for it. Doesn't seem very long, but uh, you know. maybe it's longer than we think. Well, that's the thing is like they don't necessarily like get into specifics how long he was gone, but they try to do like a montage of like the one dude writing him letters and it's like. You haven't written back and all this yeah, shit. Yeah. I'm just worried about you, but it's like, are you sending these like every two days? Like, you know, I think it's been maybe like it's somewhere between like three and six months that he was gone, and then he ends up coming back pretty quick. Because I don't remember like a season's changing kind of like. Well, they were saying like a school already out or something like that. Oh yeah, you're right. Okay, see, look at you. Yeah. They they said like a school already yeah. out in Chicago. And they're like, I don't know. He's like, no, I I fucking killed a guy and I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> Pete does return uh, back to the town of Elk Ridge, and, and he acts uh, like he was gone forever. He's like, yeah. ah, I remember working here. Yeah. It's like, bro, you were just fucking here <laughs> yeah, right. like like three weeks ago. They still got my statue up in that place. <laughs> You're still on the schedule. <laughs> he he's returned. He's dressed differently. There, the buttercreamers are sort of like, hmm, that's odd. That uh. Our pal Pete is uh, dressing different. He's dressing differently, <laughs> and he's kind of you know he's kind of got like he's talking a little different. Yeah, he is. I feel like Pete always you know of, of course the natural leader thing. He's always had sort of like a charm, swagger. but now but now yeah, I think now there's an added layer of swagger. He's been exposed to something that these innocent buttercreamers have not really. I mean, not in the town of Elkridge at all. I mean, you know, it's. A lot of white people. Yeah, they ain't yeah. seen Big Dick Pete yet. You yeah, know? yeah. So um, Big Dick, Big Dick Pete comes in swinging. Yep. Uh, Pete, <coughs> they, 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 yeah, they go back. Ah, I used to work here at this fucking. Uh, I remember the, the good old days at Graf's Mercantile, and uh, this is where Pete, uh, his he, bad ways, he brings his bad ways with. Him. Yes, yeah. Devin. Um, he steals shoelaces from... He doesn't steal shoelaces. He, he steals candy bars. Yeah, he, he asks, asks where the shoelaces are so he can kind of, like, you know, have a reason to be back there looking like he's looking. Yeah. Oh, I thought he stole shoelaces. He no. asked where they were. He asked he where they were just shoelaces. to you'd be like, hey, point me in a direction of the candy bars and on the way, you know. <laughs> like, right. 
And then he's like, yeah, you didn't have any neon colors. Yeah. You know what? Let me know when you get them in. Hey, pops, it's all right. And then like he walks out and he fucking within within eye shot of the I know the thing they weren't even like two feet away from the store and he's like, like not they were just out the front door he's pulling them out of his yeah, pockets they, they were like king size well because I thought there were shoelaces and they were how shoelaces are no uh, there's package. candy bars yeah but, so I guess they were like the king size ones you know? yeah fit for a fucking king these this uh, I got you a payday Eldon <laughs> yeah. Well, where's my other payday? <laughs> where's my milkshake? <laughs> um, Pete is very, I mean, he's bad. He's a bad man. He's, he's bad, a bad now. Egg. He's corrupted. Um, he, 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 he's breaking into Scott's room in the middle of the night to... <laughs> Look at him sensually. Yeah, tell him about commercials. Yeah, what what, what would he say? Something when, like, about the, an old lady was on her back like a turtle and she couldn't get up. It was the life alert commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm falling and I can't get up. Yeah, and he was like making fun of her. He's like, look at this fucking R word. It, it's weird <laughs> because like that, the, the situation with the widow uh, Jenkins, you know, is a lady who can't get up. And Pete is making fun of that situation, a situation they have to deal with, it seems like, almost daily. daily. Yeah. yeah. Where this woman's fallen over. And now Pete is blatantly mocking it. And Scott kind of just goes along with it. I don't think it's really like he's just glad to see his buddy Pete again. Yeah. He and doesn't see, he's, he's kind of like uncomfortably laughing. Yeah. Along they're with like, something's, something's not right about Pete, but yeah. they don't want to believe that. They just, they're like, oh, we got Pete back. What does Pete say when like, cause, cause, cause Scott's like talking to what his like his dad, and he's like, oh, I'm just worried about Pete. He's come back and he's just kind of different. Yeah, there's a key line uh, that Scott says where he says, uh, "Pete's always done crazy things to get attention." Yeah, that's it. And then he comes in and like Pete turns the light on and he's laying on Scott's bed. <laughs> yeah. And I forgot what like his opening line is, but he's just like. Thanks for covering for Daddy's me home. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he Scott had a conversation with his dad about you know he was you know yeah not sure about what's going on with Pete and he he didn't say that Pete stole the candy but he was like well maybe I'll ask him right if he stole the candy well, he no like, he, he he admitted to the <laughs> fact that he thought that he stole it yeah. and he goes well son if you think he stole the candy. Then you either got to pay for it or give it back. <laughs> right. That's exactly, That's exactly what, he what he says. Um, everyone's concerned with Pete. Right. Uh, including the the females of Elk Ridge. They, they sort of jokingly form the buttercreamettes. Which uh, and they kind of task themselves with like spying on Pete, doing more than the regular buttercream gang. Yeah, no, for real. Honestly, can we give them a little bit of fucking love right now? Like, yeah, yeah, for real. Good point. Yeah, like, and because because Scott goes to her, the chick, and she he's like, you got that? You got those files you were looking at about the the gangs? Yes, Margaret. Yes, Margaret is the the town fucking annoyance. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's sort of like (laughs) I guess I'm invisible. Yeah, it's I guess like it builds to I guess sort of Scott's love interest, but Scott is like blatantly disrespectful to her. 
<laughs> and uh, Margaret eventually just goes with it. And, uh, you know, I'm into this. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's several occurrences where Scott, you know, he throws the newspaper, he fucking bumps into her, and she's like, nah, What am I, invisible? Like, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah bitch, he, I didn't see you. He's like, Sorry, didn't see you there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, let me know when you grow up, pair of tits. She, she is. <laughs> She's sort of taking a lot of the brunt action when it comes to Pete as far as like investigating like right. what is going on with this child. And what's the buttercreams doing? They're planting flowers. Yeah. So there's, trash. there's a montage with the song. There's this one of like three montages. Right. Oh. There's like three montages. There's the... Oh, you go ahead. Skipping, yeah, no, I, I got him. I got, the, got Andrew's already got a. He's got the. Sure. I don't. I forgot the order of the montages. Well, this one was. It was basically Pete was like just committing random crimes while yes. the buttercreamers were doing good, picking doing up. Good they were like do, doing good things, like picking up after him. Like he would like tear some shit up, and they would they would clean it up. It was funny. Like the 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 Pete's and, gang, the the evil things that they would do. They were kicking kids off the that they were kicking kids <laughs> off the seesaw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's a line. Hey, Tina Tata yourself. <laughs> yeah. And the yeah. one is just like because there's three of them, so yeah. one of them has so to one sit of them is just out sitting on one of them by himself. And he's just like, yeah, I'm the leader. And it's like, nah, man, there's <laughs> just not an, you don't have somebody to seesaw with. Yeah. There's only three of you. It's just so funny because they're like so bad and they're acting like so tough and shit. And they're just like, they're bullying fucking like kindergarten oh my god and yeah. they're taking the seesaw from them <laughs> yeah. yeah we're the bad guys no we throw we throw bottles on the train tracks. fucking wives <laughs> here's a question i have um pete is doing bad things but he's not doing these bad things alone yet the whole town and the buttercreamers and the buttercreamettes they're all focused on pete now why do they not investigate these other two goons? That's because you want to get you want to get rid of the source. You know, if these guys weren't a problem before, they're being influenced by this. Well, do guy. you think maybe they were? I mean, or do you think it? Do you think? Pete, I don't know. That sounds seem pretty fucking pretty fucking lame. I think it's just <laughs> because, like, yeah, I think that, and also like they know Pete. They know this isn't Pete. They're like, come on, Pete. No, I th- I, what the I, two goons? No, I think the whole town. The whole knows. town. Well, why? Like, well, what about these other two guys? Do you think that th- these guys dude, are influenced by Pete and weren't these bad two guys beforehand? know Pete too as well? Probably as a small. Well, everyone knows town. Pete, so it's like okay, Pete comes up to you and is like, "Hey, man, you want to like do some petty crimes?" <laughs> <laughs> it would you depend. Know? I mean, if he gave me like one of those like riveting monologues about. You know, I hate myself. No, I'm just gonna. I had to fucking ruin it. Just gonna edit that out. It made the feedback thing go haywire when you did that. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but I'm just wondering, like, uh, either these two guys were are heavily influenced by Pete, or they were already nuisances to begin with, and Elk, the town of Elkridge, sort of kind of like is fine with that because they weren't maybe 
<laughs> that big troublemakers. <laughs> yeah, right? And they're also, like, well, the world needs ditch, ditch diggers as well. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, There's somebody no, shit in the urinal again. It's probably fucking. Usually in these movies like this that we talked about earlier, like, you know, Stand By Me, uh, It, um, you know, Stranger Things, there's usually like some sort of like authority figure in place, like a you need a you know, leader, like a teacher, or uh, I don't know. Oh, maybe a police officer. <laughs> oh yeah, did we no, see any cops? In there's this no fucking... police officer. That in this is movie. true. There are no cops. There's no cops. There's no like town official. Yeah, there's it's the minister there's, and Mister Graff mainly. Yeah, yeah, there's usually like a mayor or a cop or like a teacher or some sort of adult in the neighborhood or town that's just like I didn't even that tries to this. like yeah no you're that's right. like someone's got to do something about them but there's not they're they're just kind of like ah well the but- I guess the buttercream gang is the fucking law <laughs> yeah they are I, 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 guess, I guess they are they call the buttercream gang because this is happens. Zion this Elk Ridge is Zion it is the ideal town that John Smith was trying to create with his followers. <laughs> That's what where this the, is. Where the worst thing that could possibly happen is old widow Jenkins falls and can't get up. The widows need the to be taken Which, which I'm saying, up. once they lifted her up, she was healthy. Like, she was like, no. she was fine. She's like, yeah. oh, I'm fine. Yeah, Actually, no, can no, you guys that go was to the a, fucking store? I need some stuff right from the store for if you guys yeah. are going to help. Yeah. You know? She got up and she was on that. She had a walker, but she was yeah. like hauling ass. Yeah, no. She was jogging with the walker. for a second. Like, no. And you're strapping young lad. Can you help me up to the bedroom? Um. <laughs> oh, I've fallen on the bed. <laughs> <laughs> come on. What's his name? Eldon? Eldon? <laughs> oh, come, Eldon. Oh. <laughs> Give me that buttercream. I know you're the creamiest. Oh, Andrew's like, God damn it, if I cut all this This is a different, we watch different versions of the movie, I think. Yeah, right? This is what happened in the one I watched. <coughs> we watched the butt or cream <laughs> gang. So Margaret is, uh, she visits the buttercream gang and she's blatantly told to fuck off by Eldon, but um, she wants to get a word with Scott and she's like, hey... Um, I helped you with this whole Pete thing. Now it's time to fucking pay up. I want you to take me to the dance. And um, Pete is around the corner and hears this whole exchange about, hmm, this Margaret is involved. And Pete, Scott's got Margaret spying on me. So they bully the goons and Pete are on bikes circling around Margaret, sort of bullying her. And this is sort of one of the first confrontations between Scott and Pete where you know, Scott and the Buttercreamers and really the whole town are kind of just like puzzled at Pete and whatnot. But now it's sort of like they're witnessing like, oh my, this is like... This is bad. This is yeah, worse than we thought. Yeah, he's he's call, he's like yelling about the geek girl and stuff. And um, that's it's pretty much, it's sort of yeah. Scott, like a like, standoff. Scott sees it and he's doing his paper route and he stares at it for like literally two and a half minutes. And yeah. he's like, oh, I should do something. <laughs> Was this before the game? What game? The baseball oh, game. Oh, yeah. So yeah, the next the thing that happens game. is the dance where... Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Scott and Margaret are at the dance. It is... 
there's a there's a DJ who's like, "Oi, everybody on the dance floor, <laughs> you're gonna fucking do the jig." This is the the only semblance of any diversity in the film. Yeah, is this is, British DJ? In get this. a couple fingers in your lover. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We drink some tea. <laughs> um, Pete commits uh, an act of terrorism at the dance. <laughs> <laughs> Quite literally, yes. Yeah, he throws a firecracker this is where, at Margaret. This is where police should have been involved. Right. But they weren't, of course. Just that dude man chased him down. Like yeah. Because yeah, uh, the cream is the law. So uh, essentially, um, Scott again confronts Pete, and Pete challenges him to a fight. A duel, now, if you will. A fisticuffs. This James, is... You want to make out? Yeah. This is kind of like a weird whole series of events. This 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 like five minutes of the movie. This is like the like the most intense action packed. Yeah, like. because you have the terrorist attack, and then you have the mention of fighting like fisticuffs. Right. And immediately after that, like it cuts to church. Right. So it, it's kind of like they somebody were saying, died. Like. Like, you're building up all this stuff, like, oh, this is all rotten, bad stuff, terrorism, fighting, violence. And then literally it's just like, bam, the church. And we were given a sermon that sort of just covers, like, about loving Love thy men. neighbor. Yeah, love thy neighbor. And again, the, the whole theme of the movie, uh, no good deed goes unrewarded, is mentioned right. in this sermon. It's all about like being the being the bigger person. And then does this? And then after that, he talks to uh, to Dale Williams, right? <laughs> Who? Uh, Scott. Father. He talks. He he talks to his dad, right? That's a little later. Oh, it is. I couldn't. The see, Vietnam I can't remember. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the Vietnam um, stuff. <laughs> I thought this was before the fight. I mean. Well, Oh well, he, yeah! See, we got it. We there, there is fight no yet. fight because uh, well, the, the quote touched, unquote fight. They're all the buttercreamers are touched by the word of God, and they they, they get touched by the knuckles of fucking uncle's pastor. Sal or whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> and they they send a they <laughs> who <laughs> they send a white flag to uh they back like Scott backs out of the fight and fucking uh Eldon and. Send a white flag yeah. to uh, old Pete. Pete, Uncle Pete. Yeah. And uh, this is where Scott and Pete talk, and Scott challenges Pete to Ooh. spend a day with him. Yeah. And uh, there's another montage with the same song. Do you guys remember how the song went? Ah, uh, it's like it was like everybody loving each other. Yeah, it just sounds we like need this. to see the light. It kind of just sounds like yeah. this the whole time, and it talks about doing good things. I thought it was a pretty good song. It is a pretty good song. Yeah. I just can't remember the like the opening line is just something so generic. Pete and Scott all hanging now. They're really good friends. Even if Pete doesn't want to admit it, he really loves hanging out with like, Scott. Like, is it bad? Like, yeah. when I was listening to that song, I would, like, look over at both of you guys. You feel then, good, huh? No, I would be like, do I need to be associating with these guys? Like, this song is about goodness, and I'm hanging out with these heathens. <laughs> is, that, is that how you view me? Uh, yeah, I didn't realize. After all we've been through? That, uh, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize this. 
really um, just threw me a curveball. Yeah. Well. How about I? Okay, Corey, I challenge you to spend a whole day with me. We'll go fishing. Skip rocks. We'll skip rocks. We'll paint we'll some go, fences. We'll go tubing. We'll confess our deepest, darkest secrets. Maybe as kiss. long as it's a Thursday or a Friday, I'm down. <laughs> Maybe kiss. We'll touch Thursday or Friday. Yeah, so uh, they hang out and there's the montage and Scott and Pete are sort of entered this discussion and it, really they're bo- both at polar ends of polar opposite ends of, of, of you know ideals and stuff. Scott is very optimistic and he's sort of talking about how people can change. And you know and, what? And, and Pete is sort of on this thing of like I, I people can't change. We are who we are. Right. I lived in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. I, I hate I, I hate to do this poll right now, but right. it's it's Luke talking to Darth Vader. Really? Before the big fight, and he's like, "Come on, you, I know who you are," mm-hmm. and he's like, "No, Luke, fuck off." Yeah, I'm Darth Daddy. Just like in Star Wars. Just like it's, it's literally just like Star Wars, like in every way. This is like this is you know it's it's a uh, you know Return of the Jedi. You know, he's like before they have the final, you know, fight at the end. He's like, you know, they talk, they talk it out a little bit, and just, they don't come to any kind of agreement. This movie is a lot like the Return of the Jedi. This is Return of the Jedi. Fucking when remember when Darth Vader like he was hanging out on like Tatooine, and then he goes to Chicago, and then he's yeah, the fucking Sith ruler of the galaxy. Exactly. And he's like killing people. Yeah, he's you know stealing seesaws from you know Jawas. Yeah, yeah. And Ewoks. Sorry. Yeah, Ewoks was Jedi. <laughs> Do you know there was no Jewish people in the Buttercream Gang? Hmm? There was not uh, one Jewish person in the Buttercream Gang. You're right. I don't, there was no... There's no one that said, hello. My, hi, my name's Scott, and I'm a Jew. <laughs> There's a guy that says, apparently in a story that says, hi, my name's Scott, I'm a Christian. Yeah. I know. <laughs> And that's the best way to make friends with people, apparently. But real quick, did he say like that's how he like? Well, uh, before we get to that, I just want to point on one thing that Pete did say in his monologue, and he said he did all these things for this clumsy ass town, and he didn't get nothing for it. You Again, got free sodas. He's denying the ultimate truth of the movie. That no good deed goes, goes unrewarded. unrewarded. He doesn't have the patience for it. He's not looking for any guidance that he needs. He is lost. See, that's what happened to Darth Vader. He gave everything to have all the power, but he lost Padme. Right, right. It's the same exact thing. <coughs> Very astute observation, uh, Devin. Um, the big championship game. Uh, yes. This is my part. Yeah, dude, uh, I fucking love. Scott and the Buttercreamers are on a baseball team and they're in a championship game. There's a I there's like a discount Vin Scully who is commentating this uh He's putting his heart <laughs> out on this fucking commentary. Like, it's a great day for baseball here in Elk Ridge at the park, and uh today we got a great championship game between the Braves and the Red Sox. The Red Sox that features a great lineup featuring some of the buttercreamers of the town and Corey's going to step outside when we talk about his favorite part of the movie. I know, but I got to pee, dude. You made me laugh. Uh, we'll be right back when for the ball game when Corey returns from pissing. Okay, so we are back, and it is the championship game between 
the Elk Ridge Red Sox and the <laughs> Braves. The Braves. And uh, you really like this part, Corey? You like baseball? No, I hate baseball, but I love dude man showing up and heckling the fuck out. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Yeah. That shit made me laugh so hard because it's like kid got pissed and was like, hey, man, like you can't be talking shit to me like this. And it's not like, just me. It's the whole team. He's like, I paid for a fucking ticket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pete shows up at the ball game and he's heckling and uh, it's causing Scott to... Fuck up the focus. whole game. Yeah, he was yeah. doing great until I mean, dude, they realized Pete was there. Like six to nothing. At it was one like point? three to zero, and uh, then it was six to zero. Yeah, and then it ended up being like six to eight in the Braves' favor. Yeah. After yeah. like like in yeah, one just inning, this fucking asshole yeah. showing up, and I was insane. He let them get in his heads, and I just laughed at that because he was just like, he's like, "What are you doing, man?" Like he came up to him at the fence. He's like. You're not supposed to be here. It's like, I paid. He didn't say this, but in my mind, I picture him just being like, I paid for a fucking ticket. You can't kick me out of here. And then his grand, and then uh, uh, Pete's grandfather's like, yeah. Pete's grandfather's like, hey, Scott, stop it. And then he's like, this is your fault, old man. What and then I do? He's like, what the fuck did I do? And he's like, I'm sorry. It's not your <laughs> fault. It's not your fault. Yeah. He's, he's like, where am I? Yeah, after the game, uh, the minister coach takes uh, Scott aside and uh, talks Give about him. Gandhi. Yeah, he like he starts out like which is odd. He's giving like yeah. the worst like pitches. He's throwing yeah. up trash. He's just fucking lopping oh, yeah. balls. He's like, hey, let's him. hit some balls and you know. <laughs> oh yeah, those are those are Corey pitches right there. <laughs> Corey's never fucking played baseball a day in his life. Yeah, and then he like starts out this whole thing like, now son, you ever uh you ever just you ever seen a grown man <laughs> naked? <laughs> <laughs> No, he, he oh, talks what about what he actually says. He, he talks about he talks like fucking Gandhi, Gandhi and how like and Gandhi. Oh, did you know, son, that the that England controlled India up until uh, after the World long War II? after World War Two? Yeah, that's what I was like. Scott was uh, like, "No, what the fuck are you talking?" about? <laughs> and then he's like, "Mahatma Gandhi." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you off your meds, old man? <laughs> yeah, he talks about Gandhi and how he chose nonviolence, although. Uh, Gandhi did not choose. He 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 chose nonviolence, but he also chose um, to let his wife die because he didn't trust the medication. That when he was contracted with the same disease to take the medication to survive. Um, Got some dirt on Gandhi on here. Fire too. No, that, that was, was a different guy. Uh, <laughs> Andrew with the dirt on Gandhi. Pete's gang snatches up Scott when he's uh, left by himself, and they sort of kidnap him and beat him up, and then Pete. And Scott have another confrontation, but Scott still walks away from fighting Pete. Fucking bitch. And, uh, yeah. Is this where he has a talk with his dad? Yeah, so now he's returned home yes. to his uh, wholesome... Uh, oh, wait, he hasn't got his... I don't want to ruin it. Oh, fuck. I'm, I'm confusing the when stuff happened. Because so much happens. I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm confusing when happened with what. So I'm sorry, Andrew. Go on. Well, he returns home and he his he confides in his dad about the ongoings with Pete. And his dad was like, well, son. Well, if he stole the candy bar, then, you know. <laughs> he just does that again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, pay, pay him back. We're past or, that one, dad. Oh, well, that's all I got for you, son. Yeah. No, I like, thought this kid was stealing candy bars. I don't know nothing about no I gats. Know, I didn't know my son was getting his ass kicked. He <laughs> says, son, you know, I don't talk about the war too much. Oh. But there was right. this guy named Scott. 
and he no one liked him, but he would always introduce himself and he would say, "Hi, I'm Scott, and I'm a Christian." Christian yeah. And um, like no wonder no one liked him. He always talks. He talks about you know he was a Christian man and he was always the first to help people, unlike all these non-Christians in the platoon. They didn't give a fuck about anybody but themselves because those kind of people are selfish. <laughs> and that guy died, and then uh, it's uh, it's heavily implied that Scott's dad named Scott after this guy that no one yeah. liked. Like, so uh, Set your son up to be a fucking yeah. loser. Uh, you know who I named you after, son? Someone no Hitler. one liked. <laughs> no one liked him. But by God, did he believe in what he believed in. Yeah. He told everyone about it. (laughs) (laughs) He let everyone know. So how would you introduce yourself? Like, oh, like I'd be like, oh, I'm Corey. And instead of being like, I'm a Christian, I'm like, oh, I'm Corey. And I have diarrhea. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have it right now? I don't think so. (laughs) It's not like I had it earlier. I have it. I I believe in (laughs) diarrhea. <laughs> um, Scott talks to Mr. Graff, the owner of the store. They talk about, uh, you know, hey, Mr. Graff, Pete has been stealing from me or from you. Mr. Graff's, well, I wish you would have told me sooner, but um, <laughs> I, I guess all do. you can, all I guess all you can do is uh, you know, forgive and forget and love. You, and you got the twenty-two dollars plus interest. <laughs> And uh, a lot of fucking candy bars that Dick stole from me. So there's another shit ain't mo- cheap. Oh, Scott gives his bike to Pete. Yeah, because that was part of the thing that the old man talks about. Like, yeah, well, if you just give him what he's gonna steal I, from I, you, then yeah, I guess Pete, then he then can't, he can't win. take it because yeah. you gave it to him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? The fuck kind of bitch ass advice <laughs> yeah, is that? No, that is definitely that, is like, that makes sense. But that's even know, worse. That doesn't make sense, but that's literally just like it's like. Just telling what's going to happen. It's like, oh, yeah, if you give it to him, then he can't steal it. Yeah, no shit. Like, what the fuck does that even mean? Like, oh, you're fucking right. And oh. the dude is just like, he gives the dude his bike. Yeah. I'm sorry to steal it away, but. Oh, no, he just gives his bike. To, I guess it was implied that Pete was going to eventually steal this bike. He, ta- he didn't mention he, how expensive it looked. Yeah, he yeah, had no, brought he, it up. Yeah, because. Co- yeah, yeah. uh that was when he thought nice that everyone That's was talking. Everyone nice was. Bike. Everyone was. He thought everyone was kind of talking about. It. He's like, "Hey, uh, hey, Scott, that's a fucking nice fucking bike you got there. Is that a is that a fucking huffy? You got a fucking huffy there?" Uh, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh." There's another montage <laughs> with the <laughs> same fucking song. Everybody loves each other in the light, <laughs> not a cloud in the sky. <laughs> Everyone's playing football with Pete, even though he doesn't want to play football tonight. <laughs> Everyone's a buttercreamer. Everyone's a lover dreamer. Everyone get together. We're going to have a big gang bang. Now, um, that's exactly. Yeah, that's. Good. Yeah. So that's they're, they're showing the montage of <laughs> everyone being nice to Pete. But Pete's still a fucking piece of shit yeah. and asshole. And, and then Scott's got to do his paper route without his bike. Yeah. This is my fuck. Scott does his paper route without his bike. He's like huffing and puffing and running around. And in the mean in the meantime, uh, Pete and his goons are stealing the newspapers from the lawn and then dump all those news- newspapers on Scott's lawn. Yeah. And Scott comes back to his house and he's just like, ah. 
man, what a fucking long day. <laughs> he sees all of the papers. Hey, Scott, you forgot something. <laughs> hey, man, you missed a couple of houses, hey, homeboy. Hey, maybe all these you papers, sh- they're going to be late. <laughs> maybe you should keep your eye on them. <laughs> Full disclosure, Pete does not talk like he's in The Sopranos. He, but does, not t- he does not talk like <laughs> Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> <laughs> no, not no. one bit. He just kind of talks like a guy. Yeah, he kind of like, he throws in like a, I don't know what kind of like. He has that like early like 90s like teen movie like whininess to him. Yeah. But he doesn't, you know, he's not like, he's what's not, in the bowl, bitch? He's not fucking, like he's not, not Polly Walnuts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's not Andrew you Dice You gotta Clay. get your seven hours. <laughs> uh, you know. He was an interior decorator. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Pete fakes a home invasion to steal his grandfather's gold coins. <laughs> you fucked it all up! And that was funny to me because I was like, this is like, they're, they want it to be like drugs, but it's not drugs. It's gold coins. <laughs> like if it was any other situation, right, like, yeah. it would be like drugs or something. But no, this was gold coins. Yeah. I swear, I'll have them for you tomorrow. No, <laughs> I got well, them in a safe deposit. Because well, it was funny. Well, the first scene of like when fucking old lady falls down and shit like that, I was just like, why don't these buttercreamers go and check her medicine cabinet? You know, but it's just like, you know. She's got gold coins. Like, what is going on? What is this? Well, she doesn't doing? have gold coins. Pete's grandfather has yeah, gold coins. Pete's grandfather. And oh, that was Pete's grandfather? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I see it. Nah. One, yeah. uh, the guy, the right there. I guess Pete hires this guy to, you know, and he's faking the home invasion so he yeah, can get he his grand. crossed him. <clears throat> well, he, um, <clears throat> he. He wants to sell the gold coins to have money to go back to Chicago. He's fed up with Elk Ridge. But the buttercreamers are alerted of this whole situation. By the creamettes. By the by the buttercreamettes. And they go to Pete's house and they tackle, they dogpile the burglar. Uh, Eldon lays his fat ass <laughs> on the burglar's crotch. And sort of grinds around and says, "I have you now. You're all mine." And uh, gives him a good old Vader bomb. Yeah, and so the burglar, uh, you know, he's like, "You fucking double crosser." And Scott's like, "Yeah." And no, Pete's no, like, no, "I no, set it all up. <laughs> I want to go back to Chicago." Hey, Chicago, fuck yourself. Huh? <clears throat> Let me have a swig of water because what we're coming up to next is the most important piece of the film uh most important like dialogue of any film this is we didn't rehearse this either this is the very dramatic and emotionally driven scene that happens in mr graff's mercantile the store at the like four minutes from the end of the film yes Um, i'd call this the climax it's very um it's very big. Yeah. This is a big moment. Uh Pete his plan to rob his grandfather went awry. So he goes to the store and he's gonna rob the store. But Mr. Graff 
with his philosophy, he just gives Pete the money. Yeah, here's 200. Which blew my mind because I didn't remember that part watching it. Like, he was just like, because he said, he's like, oh, here's $240. (laughs) Like, he just gave him $240 right out of the fucking drawer. And I was just like, that is a lot of money, even back in 1992. Like, Fuck me, dude. Like, this dude's just like, oh, you're going to rob me? Here's $240. Yeah, he, he's like, you're not robbing me. I'm, I'm giving, giving it, it to you. you. Yeah, yeah, that pissed him off. He did not like this. This whole town has gone so crazy. I'm like, oh, him. thanks, dude. Scram. He's um, like, what's the deal with all these people? Yeah, <laughs> and so he's like, I'm going to destroy the store until you make me leave. <laughs> <clears throat> Enter Scott, who is... You know, he confronts Pete yet again. I mean, he's already gotten beaten up by him. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, at know, this he's point. Like, this is this is Scott. At did his we most, talk about like, them like him beating his ass? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. This is him at his most like his, his most like you know like fed up with yeah. with Pete's Scott, antics. He asked Pete, you know, he he's like, "You're my best friend. What do you want?" And Pete, what does he really want? He wants to be. He wants people to just, you know, he accept that he's alone. changed. He wants people to know that he's, this is how he is now. But he wa- what he really wants, he wants Scott to hate him. Yeah, this is what he wants. But Pete, I'm your best friend. Why would I hate you? Because, because I, I hate myself! myself! So, <laughs> this is a very big revelation in the character of Pete. He admits, he fully admits that he hates himself. And he's, he, this is where he runs out of the store, right? Yeah. He runs but off. Let's focus more on, he, he hates himself. He hates He admits himself. it. He wants to be hated. Now, why do you think that is? Why do you think he hates himself? Because, I mean, like... I hate Have myself you ever too. Been if I was a so fucking cool dick. that like you're like everybody's stealing my swag, you know, like <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and I think he he's just like he got in a gang. Now everybody's wanting to be in a gang. I think he just kind of got sick of it, so he started to hate himself because of what he created. Yeah, he really couldn't figure out where it all went wrong. He was lost. And who he was now, it was the complete antithesis of what a buttercreamer is. He wasn't a buttercreamer anymore. He was... Just a creamer. Yeah, he was spoiled yeah. cream. And I Curdled, feel... if you will. And I feel like what Forrest S. Baker III is saying is that if we do not imitate the teachings and the actions of Jesus Christ that we will become to hate ourselves and we'll end up like Pete, fully corrupted and completely lost. And that's why we need to be like Scott to, and we need to be like Gandhi and we need to be like Mr. Graf and we need to be like Scott, the veteran that Scott's dad meant. <laughs> and we need to be a little more like Jesus Christ. 
And I think that's sort of important to to really understand the fabric of this film is not just a, you know you can understand the film at a surface level, but it really helps to know about the teachings of a man called JC and George Lucas. You know what? I was just about to say, do you remember what happens uh, towards the end? Go ahead and tell him. I know exactly. Revenge of the Sith. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know what? Anakin kills Mace Windu and he says, what have I done? Yeah. Yeah. And then he says, I will do whatever you say, master. And that's where he becomes Darth Vader. And that's where he's just given up. He doesn't know what he is anymore. He's become the bad guy. <coughs> he stopped following, you know, the Jedi way. And he, he turned to the dark side, brother. Yeah. And now he's yeah, Darth dude. Vader. He's Darth Vader, dude. Yeah, dude. You know, like... he was Anakin Skywalker, brother. Yeah. But then he turned to the dark side, dude, because Emperor Palpatine, he seduced him, dude. Not in the sexual way, dude, but like in the mind way, brother. Yeah, the and mind, dude. He seduced his yeah. mind, brother. Sort of like I felt lost like that one time, dude, back at Bash of the Beach, nineteen ninety six, brother. And there were just a hundred thousand Hulkamaniacs screaming their heads off, dude. And you know that's when I I turned my back on on the Christ like likeness of Macho Man. And oh Steve. yeah, <laughs> don't forget about you. Turn and stab me in the back. Yeah, like that dude, Sting brother, and that's when I joined the NWO, dude. And you know, that's really when I I, I lost my way. I was lost like Pete here in this movie, dude. You know, I think Pete's got a lot of good qualities, but he just can't reach the potential that he needs to be at. All right, so Scott, is, he goes back to his house, and everyone from the whole fucking movie is there in his like, living room. It makes you think something else happened. Oh, Pete is gone, by the way. Yeah, he's just he's, fucking he left. disappeared. He left Scott, out of the store and never saw him again. Scott is continuing to uh, write letters to him without any reply. Hi, man. I'm just really just wondering you, where you are. What you're wearing. And uh, they sort of like set it up like, you know, they're like, Scott, I don't know how to tell you this, but... uh. Well, why don't you tell him? And he's like, well, Scott, I don't know how to tell you this. Why don't you uh, just read it? Why don't you just read it? And he reads this newspaper clipping, and it's revealed that Pete, back in Chicago, has a gang, and he's doing good deeds. All right, fucking nerd squad. (laughs) It seemed like... It seemed like Scott was at a point where he was getting nowhere with Pete. You know, he was trying to be nice to him, hang out with him, have other people give him love. Mr. Graf giving him free stuff. <laughs> Take all the candy bars Take you the, want. Use the keys, have the store. <laughs> but again, no good deed goes unrewarded. And now Pete is past, you know, he's, he's paying it forward in Chicago now. You with see, his I'm own like... good guy gang. And he got A new honored. chapter. <laughs> Of the buttercream gang. And he got honored by like, the, mayor. the mayor of Chicago. The mayor. And, uh, yeah, so they fucking let a girl into the buttercream gang and then it ends. No credits. That is the buttercream gang. Now, um, 
I could ask you guys what you thought about the film, but I think there there's a more interesting thing we could do. Um, on the release of the film, there are questions on the back for family discussion. Oh, I, really? I feel like you guys are like family to me. So, um, <laughs> and uh, listeners, you can join in at home as well and really ponder these things. Let's let's think about the question number one. When someone wrongs you, does it take more courage to fight or to find another way to solve differences? I'm trying to fight. Mm-hmm. Devin? Um, wait, so, wait, well, read it again? When someone wrongs you, does it take more courage to fight or to find another way to solve differences? If someone wrongs me, yeah. then I'm just going to, you know... Hit him in the head I'm with a hammer. I'm just going to... I'm going to rob the fucking grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> Not even their grocery store, just like a grocery store, food lion, just to get yeah. back at them. Yeah. Okay. I'll show them what. Yeah. Does doing the right thing always bring immediate results? We can see. Uh, no, and that's why you should just do wrong anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, you steal the grocery store, you get immediate candy bar. Right. Of course. Mm-hmm. Or you should go big, like you know the meats. Meats kind of expensive right now. You should steal some meat. Right. When people don't like themselves, how do they usually treat others? Um, like shit. Like shit. Okay. Usually. Look at us. <laughs> me and Devin. Right. You guys treat me terribly. Yeah. Because yeah. you hate yourself. Because we don't we like you. And we don't like you either. Yeah. Why does Scott give Pete his bike? Because he's a fucking bitch. I know. That part <laughs> always baffled me. I'm not over that part. He's a fucking I bitch. You know, like... Should not give a guy a bike. You take my bike. Maybe if he had. I'm a, sorry. Like I have a paper route, and look, now I have to fucking run maybe, my paper route. What kind of bullshit is that? Maybe if he had a gun, I'd probably give him my bike. But Pete didn't have a gun. No. He just also, did. I think no, Scott. He went out of his way. He like rode his yeah, bike to yeah. Pete, and it was just like, "Here's hey, here's my bike. Here's my bike. I'm not a bitch, but now I have to run my paper route." And then you find out later on in the movie. My paper route has been expanded, and I'm like, yeah, but I'm those bikeless. are fucking phenomenal. Yeah, I'm bikeless without it with, yeah, long-ass paper route. And finally, what does unconditional love mean? Nothing. <laughs> oh, there's a song, right? It's an Against Me song, too. Even if your love it's is unconditional. unconditional. Yeah, Even oh, if shit, your love right. yeah. is unconditional. It's about a different thing, though. Um but, um, I no, I don't know. know. I don't, I don't know, know what I'm going to answer for that. All right. But, well, uh, that was the Buttercream Gang. Um, <laughs> we're ending pretty soft here right now. Let's end on a good laugh. What do you think about uh, the fact that there were no black people in that movie? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there there really wasn't any. I, there wasn't any. There literally wasn't. There was no, there was, everyone was white. And that's you know, again that goes back to your Zion thing that you said that this guy was trying to do. I mean, I that feel, says something yeah. about him. Yeah, you mean Nazi, not Zion, you know. Mm. I, I don't so know. that's how that's how we'll end this. Okay. Um, is it? No, is that how, I don't know. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. I was just I was trying to get a laugh. I think. Uh, well, <laughs> all right. I okay. So this movie. Oh my god, we're going deeper. I feel like it, regardless of my indifferences towards of what it's trying to say and and what it sort of represents, uh, I still have quite an affection for it just because of, I mean, the character Pete, the character Elton. 
I don't care about Scott too much. And and the whole story and sort of the lore of the Buttercreamers, how they, you know, they help widows. So regardless that this movie is objectively a piece of shit, I think that it's something that if you want to get the most out of of what a movie can offer. Yeah, a movie this can offer. What, this or is really like a movie that will make you think like it makes me think about morality and whatnot. I mean, uh, I, I watch it, you know? It's worth a watch. Yeah, especially it's on YouTube. It's, on, it's fucking free. You should watch this. with Get some friends <laughs> together. Say, hey, we're having a regular movie night. And have them and just turn on Buttercream Gang. And then you can hate yourself too. Yeah, you'll laugh. You'll yeah. say, "What the fuck?" You know, it's everything you want in a movie. Literally every second of it. Like, there's some shit going on. <laughs> yeah, and no, like, it's very fast paced for. It a really is family. Fast. It's like hour thirty four. <laughs> but it, it it cruises. I right hope on. that this like I hope that there's some people out there that listen to this and it kind of just like unlocked their brain, just like. Holy shit, I watched that in second grade. Right, yes. I hope that there's at least one person that's listening to this that has like just like had that memory unlocked for them. Like and maybe it happened like halfway through the episode. They're like, "Oh shit, I know this movie." Right. Well, Corey, do you have um anything you'd like to say? Thank you again for returning to Windley Mania. It's always great to have the what are you about to, you're really looking intently I was waiting for you to finish your sentence. Go ahead. ahead. I didn't know when it was done. Uh, No, I want to thank you and Devin for both having me on here. It was a blast and a half. Um, No, this is honestly anybody who has never seen Buttercream Gang, watch it. And then once you're done watching it, go listen to Winley. Am I right? Yeah, and listen to the Dirty Earls. And uh, Devin? Yeah. Guess I'll see you again next week, huh? Not, yeah, yeah, next week. Next week. Absolutely next week. On the next Winley Mania. On the next Winley Mania that we're doing next week. Next week. Yeah. I don't even feel like doing the show. Two years later. <laughs> uh, We've got a lot of shows. Just go to the Instagram page yep, and like follow scroll. For more Winley Grab, follow at Winley underscore band. And uh, windleyhub.blogspot.com. What's the Dirty Earls one? At Dirty Earls? At the Dirty Earls? That's one of them. Just the Dirty Earls. There's pictures of me and Corey and Brad on there. You'll you'll know which one it is. Corey. Mostly Corey. Mm-hmm. Corey hasn't had pants on this whole time. All right, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>